How many times have people told us, oh, don't cause more friction in your marketing. Make it easy. Make them sign up. Get them into your funnel. Well, today I talked to Daniel Thrussell, who actually talks about how creating more friction in several points up front in the client acquisition process, in the subscriber process, in that journey actually helps build amazing rapport and creates great clients for life. All if done thoughtfully, if done wisely, and if done authentically. That's one of many things that I talk about with Australia's best marketer, Daniel Tursell. And it starts right now. One thing is for certain. Just because it's tried and true doesn't mean it's working right now. So the big question is this. Where can you learn what is working right now? The strategies, the tactics, the psychology, and the exact how-to. How to grow your business. How to blow up your personal brand and supercharge your personal growth. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Sharon Srivatsa, and welcome to Business School. Daniel, I want to start with something that you and I were talking about offline. And you said this number to me, which is you had 40 people on your email list when you started, right? Like 40 people. And and by the way, I'm on your list. You didn't even you didn't even know I was on your list, which is kind of cool. I'm on your list and I read your stuff, which is very cool. And um, how did you go from 40 people on your list to you're going to like this becoming the uh, best copywriter in Australia? Uh, well, um, so it's firstly like what best copywriter in Australia, like I, I'm, I'm very tongue in cheek in saying that because, you know, that, that was an epithet given to me by, by Scott Pape, who is like Australia's best-selling author. And he, he gave me that. He's being very generous because I think he's better than me. He sold like 2 million books and stuff, uh, in, in a population of 25 million people. That's very impressive. Uh, and so he, I think he was being a little kind, but I use that as a bit tongue in cheek, but basically, yeah, but that was back in March, dude, that, that 40 people was back in March. So it's not like this story of, oh yeah, back in 2002, when I started on the internet, <laughs> I just had 40 people and people hear that story. It's like, oh, come on, shut up, man. If I started in 2002, I'd be rich too. It's like, <laughs> no, in, um, in March, 2020, I had 40 people on my email list. And uh, it's, I mean, you, you want me to get kind of technical yeah. with it? Yeah. yeah. Well, well yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Let, well, yeah. So, so, so let, let's, why does this 40 people matter? Because when did you, like, when did you realize, when did you go pro on saying, hey, okay, I like this thing. I know there's a, there's a, there's a cool story. I like this thing. I'm going to go, I'm going to go pro. I'm going to be a professional you're uh, copywriting is the medium and the vehicle but you are you're a i mean i think from how you write and how you position you're a very cool strategist like i like talk because i know that yeah words are the way in which you manifest that strategy but you're you're a marketer you're a strategist to me i don't even think marketers right you're a strategist to me um how did that come about well okay that i mean that is such a a cool question because so many people even in copywriting it's all like, oh, look how good, look how good a copywriter I am. You know, I can write great words. I'm going to make the words that are going to suck money out of your prospect <laughs> wallets, funnel them into your bank account. It's like, dude, copy has almost nothing to do with it. And this is this is a rule I have. Like, if if you if you're saying I've made, you know, my copy made one hundred million dollars, or five hundred million dollars, or fifty million dollars. Unless you were there building the business for years and years and years, showing up every day and writing your copy, if you just came in and wrote a few funnels or sales pages or that sales page is running, the truth is it would have made the same order of magnitude without your copy, with someone else's copy. Yeah. It's like the copy doesn't do that much of the work. So I think that's a, like, it's a super on point question. Um, and the real answer is like, even though in, in March I had 40 people, it's like that, that was the start of me building my thing. So right. for years, I had worked at like the Barefoot Blueprint in Australia, which is very well known in Australia, um, investment newsletter. I'd worked with uh, Scott Pape, the Barefoot Investor here, and I had learned a lot from him. So I, I was there behind the scenes. I was working with a few other very large Australian businesses. 
So I was learning uh, from them, really, the, the sort of the strategies. And I had a lot of exposure in working with really, really big businesses, like very large annual turnovers, hundreds of thousands of people on email lists, massive uh, customer service operations. And so it was this really strange transition to go from that. Like from, it's, it's like if you're a rich person and you're kind of used to being in the high fly world and then like you're out on the street the next day and like you, you don't have your wallet or something and just, or you're in this other city where you don't have access to your bank account. It's like, you're just not used to it. Right. So then I go and I have my own email list. I've done nothing with it. And there's 40 people. And it's like, well, how do I get back to those heights where I was right. with other people's lists? So it was this entirely new challenge. And, you know, from, from the beginning, I sort of had this, had this goal. Like, I need to position myself. I, I need people to kind of see my expertise. Because it's like every, everyone has this, this um, issue. It's like, well, I know I'm good. My product is good. But how do I get people to know that? And aside from a few testimonials, which are, are way less important, than, than people think. It's like, I can put it on my website and so what? Who's going to see my website? So I had to get out there and hustle. And one of the first decisions I made is, I mean, this is something that I learned from other people like Ben Settley. I'm not the person who came up with this, but it's like, I am going to show up every day. I'm going to send my list something every day. I'm going to get better every day and I'm going to demonstrate what I can do and I'm going to get the feedback. And it was sort of this constant, um, I had really smart marketing friends. They're like, you are never going to email yourself out of 40 people a day. You are never going to grow your list doing that. I was like, I'm going to do it and I'm going to try. And what I found is like the repeated showing up and doing the work and just getting better every day. Now, some days I'd spend like two hours writing an email, but like, you know, 40 people on the list from like three years ago. So like 10 people would read that email and I spent two hours writing it. And then they're like way past my bedtime. I'm like, this sucks, man. I'm like, no, I'm going to do it. And what happened was eventually, like, there are some people when you do that, they're like, hey, your stuff is really cool. And they tell other people about you. And it's like, this is not sexy at all, this idea of referral marketing. But every single breakthrough that's come to me has come because I have showed up every day to someone and they've told someone else about me. Sometimes they told one person about me. Sometimes they told a lot of people about me. Sometimes they told someone else who had a big audience and those people started talking about me. And so I have had like these many moments of like explosive growth through the years. Like one person who's on my list is like, wow, says to someone else, you need to check out this guy. And like, that's how I think you draw my list. Like yeah. I was on the side hustle nation podcast yeah. with Nick. And that just happened because some single person joined my email list. He's like, I like these emails, forwarded one on to Nick Loper and Nick's like, cool, I'll have you on the show. Right. And so the real strategy behind it was, it was this constant showing up to try and get better and to try and get in front of these people every single day, never let them forget about me and make them bond with me and share, share things that people wouldn't otherwise share, like funny stories and practice my storytelling. But really there was no tech. There's no one email I can point you to and be like, that email, that was the million dollar email, Sharon. <laughs> That's the email you got to send. But, but that's what other people would do, right? Yeah. They'd be yeah. like, oh, here's the million dollar email that grew my list 250% in 2020. It's like there, there wasn't one. There was about uh, 250 of them so far, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, so, it's crazy that you say that. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who it was. It may have been Justin Goff. Someone told me this maybe like four years ago. They said, hey, you should, you should build a list. You should start writing to it. And I said, why? He said, you're going to need it at some point. And I said, why? I have no idea when I'm going to ever need something like this and or want something like this. And so I said, sure, I'll start it up anyway. So I started. And you're much better writer than I am. I write bullet points, right? Like I'm like, hey, I got to tell you four things today. One, two, three, four. See ya. Like literally that's that's how I write because that's how I write in my business communication. And that's how I write. And, and, and a lot of it was, and some days Daniel was like, okay, I have a lot more to say. So I'm going to break this up into five parts. So then my, my email started getting Monday became part one, Tuesday became part two. And so I would just write five expanded bullet points over five days and then something cool over the weekends. And um, I actually have people now on the list who would email me and say, Hey, I switched companies or I changed my email. Can you please make sure my email address is updated? People are worried about like getting unsubscribes. I have people 
that email me and say, can you please make sure that you can add both emails for a while so that I don't miss out on one of your daily emails? And I think that I think that's a that's a, I think that's a that's a commitment to the body of work, right? It's not, it's it's one email, and I, I so I have, I have a different question for you based on this daily email thing. Do you think this daily email concept also applies across all content mediums? Is it like Look, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And here's here's a philosophy I have that's sort of, I mean, kind of kind of unusual. I think a lot of the old ways that marketing used to work is really dying and everyone says that so i've just got to be like i'm not mean that in the way that everyone else says oh x is dead buy my product showing you how to use y <laughs> it's uh, in the sense that because we've had um such a disruption technologically in the last 10 years to the point where we now carry around a distraction device in our pockets that the average person gets distracted several hundred times a day every single waking hour of every single day of their life and they have done for years. That is something that has, that kind of shift has never happened in our history before, like since we invented printing. You know, and if you read books like, like The Shallows, yeah. it's a fantastic book. I, I love that book. It's like how the internet is changing the way you think. Um, and he talks, he goes through history and talks about changes like this. And this is a massive shift. Now, advertising, as we know, was only invented a couple hundred years ago in, in terms of writing copy and so on. And so the, the whole way that our marketing systems have been devised have assumed this sort of level of attention that people can have. And I know people have always been busy. It's always been the copy has to be interesting. People could get distracted at any moment. That's always been true. But we're getting to the point where like, I, was, I heard my brother at dinner the other night, my younger brother, and he's like, oh, yeah, I just don't watch movies anymore. I have to check my phone while I'm watching movies. And it's like that is where we are as a society. You know, people... People will literally be checking text messages in the middle of a movie, which is the in a cinema, which is the most immersive, entertaining <laughs> experience you can have, and they can't even focus on entertainment for an hour and a half anymore. Okay, so our brains have seriously changed, and that is where I think the power of this daily contact, whether it is email or not, is completely irrelevant. I think the point is you can no longer build this marketing funnel, or it, you can, but I think. I, I posit that this is dying out. This marketing funnel where you, you're going to write this long video sales letter or this long sales page and it's going to contain your whole argument or this series of emails in a few days and it's going to tell your whole argument. That used to work because you could assume that you can get people interested long enough. Now, oh. that is not the case. And so all the selling now, and it's not like this hasn't been true for a long time. It's just more important than ever. The selling has to be done in the weeks, months, years leading up to the product. It's a massive shift in the yeah. way that marketing works, historical shift. Yeah. And so this daily contact thing, I think is the best way because, you know, if someone misses a day here or there, it doesn't matter. If someone misses a day in your five-day funnel, you're in big trouble. But if someone misses a day in three years of regular emails or regular YouTube videos or regular you know, Twitter contact with you or whatever, whatever the kids are using these days, uh, you know, TikTok. I mean, I'm, I'm only, I'm 28, but still I'm well beyond many of those things that my brothers use. Um, if, if that is regular, ultimately you are going to tell your message over time. And, and that is a philosophy that I have that I don't see a lot of people talking about yet. I think yeah. it's going to become really important. I think maybe I may be five years ahead of my time in teaching this stuff, but I have no doubt that, you know, Phones aren't going to get less distracting. The developers who are making all these addictive apps, I'm not going to say, how can we make people use our thing less and get less eyes on their advertising? You know, they're going for it. They want to optimize this stuff as much as possible. And we love it. We love it. We're addicted to it. It's like cocaine. So I think this whole regular contact thing is the way that a marketer can overcome that and, and, and be the person that, they that someone turns to when, when they have a problem or when you're selling something, they trust you. They don't need to see your sales pitch today because yeah. they saw it for the last two years. So it's an awesome story. It made me think of something. I don't know if you know this. I'll, I'll share like a very quick story with you. So um, recently someone on a podcast episode asked me like, hey, so you've been fortunate to do a few interesting things. What do you feel is like outside of your family, having a child or whatever is your biggest accomplishment, right? And it, that's a tough question. Like, you know, it's, it's a tough question. And so I said... Um, I said, there's this, this thing that I've done, it's called the 5am club. 
and the 5 a.m. club is it's a five minute call at 5 a.m. every single morning. And I started it out of frustration because of my health need. Started with like three people, then it grew to 30, then it grew to 300, then it grew to 3,000. Today we have six over 6,000 people on the call. It's been running four years straight every single day for four plus years. And I said, even if someone wanted to catch up, they can't. I'm four years ahead. Like you can never catch up with me, right? And right. that cadence is what has made like that. You come up with a message every single morning and, and that that confidence, that relationship with that list, I mean, called the callers came on. That is, and that was more important than anything else. And I think that's when the when email happened, the daily cadence came in as well, um, which is super fascinating. And, and, and it's crazy. Like my wife heard that and she's like, five exits, children, family, all of this. And you say the 5 a.m. club is like your, but I'm like, you don't understand. It's, 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 that is the heart was the hardest thing to do for someone like me. But um, you said something super interesting. There's a lot of uh, gurus right now talking about, hey, swipe my five-part card abandonment sequence or swipe my three-part webinar launch sequence or swipe this or swipe. There's so much focus and pressure on this. Like you said, like the email four of five, email five of seven. And we skip stuff all the time. And so, so- I know you talk a lot about this, you know, walk, walk me through like your psychology around this, you know, this daisy chaining over and over and this, this ex- extreme kind of OCD around that. A couple of things on what you were talking about. Uh, firstly, is that I never, ever, ever put a, and I tell people never put a part number in something be, be, for that exact reason, because uh. what, if I said to you, hey man, come watch Battlestar Galactica series three. It's so cool. You'd be like, "What? Why would I watch series three? I love Battlestar Galactica, start? by the way. Okay, me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Bad example. I love Battlestar Galactica, but if I if I say, "Hey, come watch season three," it's like, "No, I I need to watch one and two. And so many people like they tag their emails. I apologize if I'm getting too tactical here, you know, too, in in the weeds. But it's like you know they tag their emails like two of seven. Like, I'm not going to read that if I don't read one of seven. And when you consider that a good a really good email list is going to get open rates in the 40%, yep. you know, a really good email list right. daily. Um, 60% of people didn't see step one. You know, it's madness to then say, hey, <laughs> this is the part that you had to read step one to follow, okay? I mean, I just find that utterly crazy and it's not taking into account how distracted we are. And the, the other thing I, w- I wanted to say is like a lot of people in, in building these sequences, you like the people will say, oh, check out my card abandonment sequence and so on. I've had students and you may have seen this actually in a, in a product that I did yeah. recently that you might have checked out. You know, I, I've had students come through and they write these things that they've learned from all these teachers. and all Oh, these dude, the, the passive and, aggressive one? Uh, yes, 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 yes. That's right. <laughs> so, okay. I mean, I just for, for context, you know, people... Um, I had a student who was uh, writing a card abandonment sequence and she clearly got the template from some expert. And it's like, she was selling this fat loss supplement. And the first email was like, this product is in your cart, but it'd rather be burning your fat. And then it was this list of bullet points. And then the next day, you know, 24 hours later, it was like, did you decide you don't want to lose nagging fat? And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this, <laughs> this is clearly, it's clearly a template. Did you decide you're not interested in blank? Like- you know, and it's like, stop following the experts because that is not, she was supposed to be some 48 year old middle-aged woman with three kids who'd, st- I mean, this was this ridiculous story that had come up with, but that's how these sales pages works. Like, oh, she stumbled into an ex grizzled, um, ex CEO of a pharmaceutical company who had agreed to give her the recipe or something. It's just crazy, but Hey, whatever. I played along with it. And so like, I'm like, if this is really the lady writing, does she just switch on a salesman mode in her mind and start writing the bullets? And I rewrote it. I was like, you say this. Hey, I saw you saw that product we talked about and you didn't check out. Everything all right, hun? I got, if you got questions, hit me up, XO. Like something like real and genuine. And this is just a huge problem with when people get too much, too much like a copywriter, too much like a marketer, too much like uh, an online expert. They forget to be humans. And I think that's... Um, you know, that is something that I try and embody in my own stuff. And the people, not everyone likes my stuff. Some people are like, this is stupid. This is ridiculous. I don't care about your life. Other people, 
they're like, this is amazing. This is so fresh and new and I've never seen anyone write like that. Um, because I, I am mixing really personal stuff in there along with my marketing and my copywriting and all this stuff. So I, I mean, to, and your original question was about what I thought about Daisy chaining it. And I think, I mean, I sort of answered that just then. Yeah, right. I just think it's really, really silly. The way a lot of people are doing this, just over templating and overthinking the, the copywriter thing. It's like now in the 2020s, you have to be you. People can tell when you're being fake. You've got to be you. You can't come out with this five-day funnel that you bought from somewhere and it's like, whoa, where did this come from? They just want to see you being you. And if you do that, your funnel doesn't matter. I, I, you, and I'm saying this as a copywriter who until six months ago, even, I was coming in for clients and they'd be like, hey, we have this course that we want to sell. Can you write a series of launch emails? And I was just noticing it's like, it's not working. Even three years ago, this stuff was working. It's like you have, it was like the golden age of online courses. And now it's not working so much. You can't just come in and be like, hey, um, running a launch on myself this way. And people are like, who the heck are you? I've yeah. never heard from you. Yeah. I haven't heard from you for months. Oh, you gave me your email list at one point. I haven't heard from you for months. So I, I think the game is really changing right now. Yeah. And and so um, what are your thoughts, Daniel, around... Um, we talked about this kind of varying attention spans, right? And we're being, you know, we almost even need a distraction from entertainment, which is, which is hilarious. Um, there's a lot of talk about text and how reading is, it's, it's a lot easier for us to look at pictures and swipe than it is to read. Um, and people say things like, well, you know, no one reads email anymore, which you and I actually know to not be true. Because yeah. because yeah. a lot of times people will say, well, people don't read email anymore. I'm like, would you like to look at my active campaign? I will show you data, right? And so so the the how do you how do you kind of respond to the fact that in a world where it's kind of fleeting five, 10, 15 second video clips, quick hits of pictures, memes, cartoons, and things like that, how does how does like either, not even long form copy, how does text fit in as a medium? I mean, I think if you can use images, if that's in your skill set and you do it well, if you are really good with video, then, then fantastic. Uh, and there is certainly a place for it. I think it's an opportunity. I'm not going to say like, uh, you know, a lot of old school copywriters are like, nope, the, the page is still king. It's like, well, I mean, ultimately, if you go back further in time, writing is a newer invention than uh, speaking with people face to face. So although video is newer than text, the idea of talking to someone is not. However, I think it's ineffective for a sales presentation because no one wants to hear, I mean, even videos now, I'm sure you do the same thing. I only watch them on two times speed because ain't nobody got time to hear someone talk at normal speed. You know? <laughs> so everyone watching this probably is listening to it on, on two times speed, right? It's just how we are nowadays. So I do think, the images are really, really good for, for the right things. You know, if you want to use GIFs and memes and so on. I, I do think it has a few ramifications for those of us who are writing text. Like, number one, you've got to be really good. If you want to stick with text, like I do, I didn't even use any GIFs Nothing. or anything. Yeah. I sort of, I originally started just doing plain text emails to start with because I was like that whole Gary Halbert old school APAL, BPAL yeah. thing. And then I was like, why don't I just use some images? So I started throwing them in there. And I think they help, right? But it, it just... Still, I stick mainly to text. So it means you've got to be on your game. You've got to have really good text to make someone read it. The other thing I think, which isn't really talked about a lot, is everyone focuses on what's better. How can I optimize? How can I get more people to read? You know, should I use more images? Is that going to get more people? And I sort of take a contrary view on that. I'm like, what if the extra people you're bringing in because of that are not the people that you want? Uh, what if you actually, I, I mean, this whole field of CRO, like conversion rate optimization, I think it's ridiculous and no offense to the many smart people in that yeah. field, but it's like the kind of person who would not join my email list because the button was blue and not red <laughs> is not the kind of person I want on my email list. You know, <laughs> that's, that's just my philosophy. And so I deliberately, I like to introduce friction yeah. into things. So yes, I probably have a lower uptake by not using more images, but the people I have are better. I, when you join my email list, you, there's a double opt-in and I have, there's, there's a principle I learned from my friend, uh, Stephen Alexander Young, and he, 
he basically says that anything that you can change, you can optimize. And so I, you know, I've really uh, put that into practice into my signup funnel. So a lot of people, when they're doing email marketing, they just leave everything default. So you opt in and then it goes to a success. Check your email for a confirmation. And then you go to your email. It's like, please confirm you'd like to get emails from X. Click this button and they click it. And it goes, success. You will now receive emails from so-and-so. And it's all, it's very generic. And no one gives it a second thought. But I was like, can I change all that copy? And I went poking around in Aweber and stuff. I was like, yeah, I can change it. It's like, why wouldn't I? So when you land on my website and sign in, you get this, this like 1500 word page yeah. saying, whoa, I haven't put you on my list and I'm not going to. And it's like, first it's like, whoa, who says that? Yeah. Who says that? Aren't you supposed who, to be begging me? Who the heck are you to do that? Yeah. Exactly. It's like, aren't you supposed to be begging me to get on your list? I'm like, no. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I, I know the value of what is in these emails. And so it's, it's your problem if you don't finish this page and learn how to opt into them properly. And so, and I use that page to sell myself a bit as well. So yeah. there's a bit of psychology in there. I put all my credibility there. And then the email that I send out teases the, the welcome email. It's not like, please click this button. It's like, I make it another step. It's like, oh, I'm not sending this to any dumb robot or any dumb human who can't click confirm, confirm buttons. So click this button and you get my email. And then you click that and it's like, you just made a big mistake. And, and there's just like a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. And then they get my welcome email. Now, all that stuff adds friction. And you'd have a lot of people saying, no, that's bad. Don't slow people down. I'm like, well, you know what? I get a 92% open rate on my welcome email and a 60% click-through rate of all traffic. Like most people don't get 60% open rate on their welcome email. So that is absolutely nuts. And that is what happens when you issue the, um, this view of, can I make it better? You know, would, would using images be better for me? You know, maybe but you're attracting people who only want to watch images. Good yeah. luck having those people as customers. Yeah. So there, there is that balance, that sort of counter view that I take to that sort of question. Yeah, that's really good. And, and I got this question recently and, you know, you, I, I, um, the whole email list growth thing has been super interesting to me. Someone asked me, they're like, well, uh, Sean, why do you put out all this content? I said, well, just to get people on my list. Why do you want to get people on your list? Because it's the only medium that I know that I can communicate in bullet points. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, you know, I, I don't. And so, so, uh, and they said, well, why don't you have a, why don't, what did, what do you say? Why did you have an exit pop-up? And I'm like, I don't want to trick somebody into joining my list. Like I mean, exactly, that's exactly the philosophy I'm talking about. Exit pop-ups are that exact thing. It's like, if they were leaving, go away. You know, I, I don't want that person there. You know, I, exactly, man. Yeah. It's uh, so, so uh, let's talk about this for a second. So when um, you decided that you were going to start this list, you, this was not, not even six months ago, you were going out on your own. You're creating kind of blazing your trail. You knew that, Hey, I've got to build this list over time. And I think that from that point to actually creating a business, creating products, or you, you have, you have, I know you have a really cool kind of mentoring program that you do. How did you start to piece that portfolio of paid assets together for yourself? Right. I'm so the, the interesting part was even though I've done some really cool stuff in the past, so much of it is like protected by NDAs and so on that it was almost like it came out of it with nothing. You know, there was, there was so little of my work that I could say, that's me, that's me, that's me. Wow. Uh, and that, that it was a real challenge. And so a lot of people are like, oh, you had this advantage, you'd worked X, Y, Z. I'm like, yeah, I could say that. And it does help. It does help. But I can't say, look at my work because it's under NDA. So from day one, it, I had that. And that's one of the reasons I was doing daily stuff. It's like, I need a body of work. So part of that was just doing these daily emails and as you do that, you sort of come up with things. And there were emails that I came up with. I was like, I really like that. And so I started collecting those. And they ended up becoming, you know, the bones of what I, what I call now my parallel welcome sequence with it, which is a new kind of um, welcome order responder that I use on my list that I kind of came up with. And so, you know, that was one asset. It's not a paid asset, but what that, the engagement that series gets me is, is really nuts. And it sets me up for a lot of other things. And, you know, then one of the fastest paths to success at this is obviously, you know, you start selling services before you mm -hmm. start selling products. Right. I mean, it's very hard to just jump straight into selling products unless you right. are a machine. And I wasn't. Mm -hmm. So then I jumped into the coaching. And as I was recording the coaching, I just had this idea, you know, this 
this concept of trying not to waste anything, of all this um, unused capacity and so on. I was like, well, I'm recording videos critiquing people's copy every week. Why don't I just start like chopping those up and naming them cool things? Maybe I could do something with that later. And eventually, later on, and I got approached by John McIntyre to do that yeah. um, Black Friday sale, which, which I think you saw. And uh, he was like, oh, have you got a product? And I was like, I don't have a product. Dang, I really want to be on this opportunity. I was like, oh, wait a second. I could just recycle that stuff. So it, it's more about, I guess, being resourceful. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then last week, you know, I don't know if you saw that I had this drama where a, a dude sort yeah. of baited me into yeah. sharing something stolen. And then I was like, I'm, I'm going to get my revenge. Or I'm going to show a point. This dude basically sent me 101 uh, is lead magnet that he asked me to share, which is, it was stolen. It was 101 tips for writing emails. And I was like, you know, stuff that guy. He made me look stupid for sharing something stolen. I spent the next day from 9 a.m. to midnight, I wrote my own 101 points on something. And I was like, I'm going to show that if he could have done this, he could have done this. Yeah. And so sometimes, sometimes it's about repurposing content. Sometimes it's just about, you know, pull up your sleeves, get your arms dirty and just do it. And yeah. like, I started at 9 a.m. By midnight, I had a product yeah. and it was like 12, 12 and a half thousand words. And I had a sales page up and stuff like that. So really it was, it was all about um, working hard. It, there was no shortcut to it at any point. It was all about this constant work. And that's where I think showing up every day it's not just about bonding with your list. It instills something in you. And what I like about the 5 a.m. club, because I saw that, yeah. is, you know, it, it instills a mindset in you. It's like, I am showing up every day. I am going to do something. And the, the commitment to that as well, it's like it forces you to be better than you could ever have been. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, if you hadn't been waking up, if you hadn't had all these people watching you, yeah. would you have done that? No way. You know, you, some days, yeah, exactly. Some days you get up, you'd be like... I'm tired, man. I'm not getting up at Well, it's, it's not even someday. It's almost every day. Even, right. even today. Like I wake up and I'm like, some, you know, the, the, the voice is a lot weaker than it was three years ago, but it still exists today. I wake up and I'm like, I can't believe I committed to this, but wait, there are thousands <sighs> of people waiting. I better go. But it, it, it's every day. And, 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 it's not like I just jump out of bed saying, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Thank you so much for waking me up at 4.45. No, hell no. Are you serious? No way, right? But I am, you know, what do they, what, what's Daniel, what do they say? It's like, I don't, I don't love working out, but I love how I look when I do. It's like, I don't exactly. love waking yeah. up, but I love the, I love it when I'm done with the call. And, and you start to kind of trade, trade the feeling for that, which is super powerful, right? Um, but, but I'll tell you one thing for those that are listening and I will link up all the show notes. Um, you have a gift, dude, you, your gift is ultra cool. Like, you know, people should go to persuasivepage.com. They should, you know, they should go through the friction based stuff and sign up for your list. But more importantly, <laughs> like just, I, I, once I got your black Friday product, I was like, okay, I want to at least, I want to at least look at, I, I want to look at everybody's stuff. And, and I knew that we were going to hang out. So I said, well, I should at least you know, look at everybody's stuff. And normally when I, when I'm on, when I have either guests on or I'm on someone else's podcast, here's generally what I do. I try to go buy their stuff. Like I, I had Ian Stanley on, I literally went to his funnel. I bought everything right. First is a thank you. And, and, and then I saw his video and I'm like, dude, like that video, he talked about, he talked like Marcus Aurelius. And we talked about that on the podcast, which is very cool. But you did this thing uh, like you took a random boring email and you converted it. It was a keto Donald Trump thing, right? Right, and right. I was like, how did, it was so good. And to the point where I was like, even anybody would open that email. Anybody would read that email. Anybody would work that email. So my question for you, without going into all of that is, is this a, is this a learned skill? Is this a capability that you built over time or or are you naturally talented at something and can someone else learn? How does, how did, how did that yeah. naturally come for you? So firstly, I, I think it's very controversial to say that talent has anything to do with anything. It's, it's so much more palatable for people to hear. I flunked English and I'm a copywriter as so a, you can too. And that is the most consequently, that is the most common message you will hear for people teaching copywriting. I have studiously avoided, I mean, one of my business principles is I am always going to be honest. And there are people who can't do it, okay? I just want, I want to start by saying there are some people, they write to me and I had a dude write to me. He's like, 
uh, I had clear instructions on how to download something and he just couldn't read them. And he emails me, he's like, can you please help me? He misspells my name. He says, I want a clientless copywriting business. He misspells clientless and copywriting. And it's like, he's been doing, he's a, he's a Walmart shelf stacker. He's been doing this for like a few weeks and he's dreaming about a clientless copywriting business. And I'm like, dude, that's like me stepping onto the basketball court and being like, I want to be in the NBA finals next year. I, I hate basketball. I've never played basketball, but you know, I how, tell me the hack for how to do it. It's like some people just do not have it in them. And it's so politically incorrect to say that, which is why I think it needs to be said. You have something that you are probably better at than most people. That is how people are. Everyone has an inherent talent. And for some people that may not be copywriting. However, that said, like when I started writing copy, so I, I got my start in 2015. I won Ramit Sethi's uh, call to action copywriting contest. And I'd never written a word of copy at the time. I didn't, I didn't even know that there was a definition of copy that didn't mean take this text and paste it there. <laughs> like copy, I didn't, I did not even know copy could mean that. Uh, and, and I was an educated guy. I was, I was an engineer and he had this contest and I won it. And I was like, whoa, what the flip? So that alone should go to tell you, it's like, I'm disqualifying myself from giving that guru speech of, I was fluent in English and I became a copywriter, so buy my product and I'll show you how to do it. It's like, that alone should disqualify it. Because it's like, well, if you didn't win Ramit's contest from your first ever thing, then I probably wouldn't be honest for me to tell you that I could make you into that. But that said, when I did that, you know, I read that copy, it was horrid. It was horrid. And there is so much that I have learned. So I, 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 think, I think it's both. I think it's wrong for us to deny that there is a talent involved in it. But what, what you saw of me taking that email, you know, it was a very boring email. And, and I, I used a few principles, which I have learned over time. I wasn't able to do what you saw in 2015. Definitely not. So there are some people who right now would be looking at that and saying, oh, my gosh, how could I ever do that? But I would have been one of those people, too. Right. You can learn a lot of this stuff. It does help, you know, to get to really get to the top. You have to have something in you which kind of switches on, I think. But there are people for whom that switches in them. A lot of people, and I think this is most people, that switch yeah. could be in them, but no one is showing them how to switch it on. And so that, yeah. that is my philosophy on teaching things. Like It's not just copywriting. I say it for copywriting. It'll be for anything, I think. But at least for copywriting, I, I have that view that, you know, most people, some people won't. They won't be able to do it. But most people do. They just need people to teach it. So, yeah, it was, I mean, the principles I used in that one, it was taking this email. And I was like, well, he was, this dude was talking about how his keto diet could help you stop a cold. And I was like, why would you write about colds now when COVID? And this was a few months ago. I was like, yeah. everyone's talking about COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So swap out cold with COVID through your whole, e whole email that and itself, you'll double. That itself made the email better, yeah. Right, right. And so like that, could you learn that principle? Talk about what people are thinking about. Yes, you can. And then I was like, and why don't you talk about, there was just in the news at that day, it was like Donald Trump had just beaten COVID. I was like, well, why don't you come up with that hook? And that, that's more like creative, that kind of thing of seeing these two ideas and seeing how you could combine them. And I think that's something that maybe you need to have it in you, but it still could be in you. Even though you think I can't do that, it could be in you. You just need to practice it. And you won't know unless you work a lot. And I think even an average person could get really, really good with a lot of practice, but it's, it's not a politically correct answer to say, I wish I could sit here and say to you, Mancharan, the truth is, man, you could learn anything. Just go to my website, opt in at persuasivepage.com. I will teach you everything. And I, you know, that's what everyone else says, right? It's not what I say. It's not what I say. And I, I feel bad. I'd love to say that. But, but, but how much of it do you think, though, given on the backs of an honest answer, how much of it do you, do you think is based on the reps of writing every day? Oh, Okay, even if you, and you can, I don't want to say this, but you actually can probably find my older emails on my website, right? From back in March, April. They were nothing compared to what I am doing even now. That is six months. So I thought I was really, really good back in March. I was like, I have run Australia's, one of Australia's largest investment publishing newsletters, you know, come up with concepts for copy and, you know, leads and run really successful sales. I'm a real hot shot. And I read the stuff that I was writing back then. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how did these people stay on my list? And I think even now I'm just developing this awareness. Like in a year, I'm going to look at what I'm writing now and probably think, 
oh boy, why was I doing that mistake? You know? So there is definitely, and I can't credit, I, it's not like I've been buying magical courses for the last six months. It's been the practice. So how much of it comes from doing, doing the reps? It's like working out like a lot, a lot. And a lot of people I tell this to, they're like, oh yeah, maybe. And no one, literally no one of all the students I've coached who I've recommended, hey, start writing daily emails to a list. Doesn't matter if no one's reading them, just start writing them. They're like, oh yeah, good idea, good idea. Not a single one has done it yet. Yeah. And it's like, is there a reason that I'm successful and they're not? You know, maybe there's talent in it. And, you know, I acknowledge that answer, but I think the reps have a lot to do with it too, to be do honest. You, yeah. Do you think it's the effort um, that it takes a lot of effort and commitment? Or do you think it's the... Because I, I, you know, people like I, I have, I have my clients would tell me, well, you can write it because, you know, you built a brand and they want to, people want you in their inbox. I was like, no, I write it because they already gave me permission to be in their inbox because I've written day in and day out. There's a complete difference to that. And I also think you get, um, you get some slack for writing bad emails. Like no yes. one, yeah, which, which, but, but if you show up only once every eight days and you write one shitty email, like you're gone. <laughs> and, and so my question is how much of it, Daniel, do you think it is from a daily content, anything, anything daily content, do you think it is a, well, if I show up every day, I feel like I'm too imposing. Is that mindset of like, I'm in, you know, you can't email somebody every day. Well, that's not cool. Like how much of it is that versus do you think it is just work ethic? Uh, I think a lot of, well, I mean, it's really personal. A lot of people in general have the former issue. They don't think they can bother people. The people that I've told have all been active copywriters. They should know better. So it's for them, I think it's the work ethic thing. And I think for a lot of people, the first one is a facade for the second one as well. Yeah. You know, and I could sit down and I could convince you why showing up daily is perfectly acceptable. I could point out all the things that people do every single day. They read newspapers. They listen to their favorite talk show. You know, they will uh, talk to their spouse. They'll go into work and have a conversation with people. They will check their Facebook 5,000 times today. Okay, so people have a daily refresh every day. They have a daily refresh. They can hear something new from you. No problem. You can convince someone of that. And then it's like, oh, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Uh, I've just got to go now. It's like, I, I don't want to actually show up and do the work because it's going to be hard. And it used to be harder. You know, when I started, it was even harder. It's a, but this is like the, the journey to mastery of anything, right? You start, I mean, I started working out two years ago. I was, I couldn't do a pull-up and I was super skinny and it was hard. It was really, really hard. I mean, it's, it's not like it's easy now, but you know, I can do a pull-up. I can do a 10 pull-ups now, <laughs> but it, it was really hard to get there. And like when yeah. I started writing emails, it was like two hours a day and they weren't that good. Now I can write Sometimes if I'm on fire, I can write a good email in like 15 minutes. I mean, it's yeah. not every day. Sometimes I still take two hours. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, like you're saying, you still wake up and the voice is there. There's yeah. this misrepresentation of the journey of, uh, you know, oh, nowadays I write 10 minutes a day and then I turn off my laptop and go play golf. No, some days it is still two hours because I, <laughs> yeah. I want to be a master. And I'm like this, at, even at one hour, I'm like, this is not good. I'm going to spend another hour getting it right. Well, but I think the work scares a lot of people. Yeah, the interesting part, my team did this, uh, actually, uh, the IT director on my team, he heard me say this, and he he did this cool project. So he looked at all our companies, and he said, on average, which is actually an interesting stat, you may not know this, uh, he said, on average, across all email accounts, the average person gets 99 emails a day, 97 emails a day in our organization, right? So, so that sounds about right. Like, he said, everybody, I just took everybody's inbox, I averaged it out, 97 emails a day. And I said, wait, that's amazing information because to me if you just extrapolate that so I, I i talk to a couple of my you know the ceos that i mentor and i'm like hey you want to write once every two weeks so literally you are one out of 1400 emails you choose do you want to be one out of 97 or one out of 1400 you choose right exactly and, yeah and, and for some people that's when it when it clicks and um, if you remember, like Nick Lopo, if you listen to that yeah. side of the nation, he asked me the same thing. He's like, you like the cadence of doing daily. And I was like, do you look at your inbox every day and see how many emails come in? Like I, and I deliberately subscribe to tons of people. So I am constantly reminded of the fight that I have. That's good. That's My good. prospects inbox every day looks like this. 
I have to fight to stay at the front of their mind. And I just think it's crazy if you want to do anything less. That's so good. That, that, that's a really good perspective of saying, you know, everyone's like, well, I unsubscribe. I clean up my inbox. I do all of that. And you're like, hey, listen, I subscribe because I know that this is what the average inbox looks like. So I have to do better, right? Um, so it, I have this, you know, a lot of people ask me this question. I don't know how to answer this one. And given that you're in the game, I'd love for your take on this. There's so many folks out there, especially most folks listening are entrepreneurs, um, you know, a part of my community. They, they don't, their highest and best use is, is utilization of their, their capability is to build and run their business or deliver the service or capability that they're good at. Um, and and they, a lot of them want to bring a copywriter on their team. They want to hire it out, which I think is a healthy thing to do. It's a good thing to do. Uh, let's assume they have the budget, whatever their budget is. How does someone go about choosing the right kind of copywriting talent for their organization? Look, the first thing I think is for anyone to understand the principles of good writing for themselves, right? And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I have a magical course that does this because I don't. It's just, if you don't understand what good copy is, even if you are like following people and seeing how good writers write to you, if you don't understand how to spot good copy, you're never going to find a good writer. Mm. And this, you said that you can't answer this question. The truth is, it's a very hard question to answer because are there enough good copywriters who can do this? I don't think so. There's so many copywriters, but the vast majority of them just want to take pro copywriters templates and so on and use those to write their copy like most copywriters can't do anything more than that and i see that and you know we were talking about justin goff before like and he's one of the copywriters who people are like just want to learn from him and he's trying to help them but a template can only be a distillation of what you know right it's really in you right and so all these people who learn from justin goff kind of can't do much more than just follow his templates and i think there's a travesty uh and I, i don't know if i have a great answer because i think the best thing to do is learn how to do it yourself because ultimately there is a sense in which a copywriter can't ever do it. And this, this is a really common question I get from my students who are copywriters. They're like, how do I write regular emails for a client like you do? And I say, look, you lean in, you want to know the secret? I worked for four years with Scott Pape, which is, you know, Australia's best-selling author, very well-loved. Everyone in Australia knows who the guy is. Every week for years, he has written an email for, for like a decade. And so, you know, I have been heavily involved with that. And guess what? I still did not write his emails at the end. And when I tried, they would still often be far off. The truth is, as we move into 2020s and things get more and more personality-based, it is harder and harder for a copywriter to do the job they used to. It used to be the A-list copywriters, like John Carlton talks about. He's Mm -hmm. like, you come to me for my voice. Mm -hmm. Your ad's going to sound like me, and that's how you're going to be happy with it. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work today. Right. For, for reasons which we've talked about already, you know, you yeah. can't just write a long ad, but also you can't have a copywriter put their voice on your stuff anymore. And so what I say to copywriters when they say, how do I write for my client about the stories and stuff that you do? I say, you can't. Okay. The client is always going to have to come in and put that stuff on the top. Now, what you can do if you are the copywriter is you have to, you can focus on the market, focus on their pains. What yeah. are they going through? Stay in your customer's world. And as long as you do that, you'll be okay. But this stuff about here's what happened in my day, here's my rant on something, here's my opinion on something, that can never be outsourced. And that may be a hard answer to give because it's like, it's not the easy answer. It's not how do I find a copywriter to do this for me? But it's the true answer. And so I think the better solution is for all the things we're talking about daily, 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 don't do daily if you can't do daily. Do weekly, fine. It's better than not doing it. Yeah. But I just, there is a point at which you're right. An entrepreneur may not have an hour a day to write an email. That's fine. Maybe you can do an hour a week, but it's better, I think, than having a copywriter come in and try and imitate him and, and falling short. And it's not to say copywriters can't do other things, but that, that just that daily connection of here's what happened in my day. Here's a thought. Here's me breaking down some news that's just happened that's relevant to you. That can't be outsourced. And, yeah. and going as we go on from time now, it's going to get harder and harder to do that because yeah. the age of individual personality is upon us. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, before, before, I, before I kind of turn that and close it out, I, I'd love for you to comment on one thing. You said something yeah. that was very cool there. 
the the number one thing that the entrepreneur says is exactly what you said, which is not possible, which is I want, hey, Daniel, I'm looking for you to come and write in my voice. Oh, I read the email. It's a good email, but it's not me. It's not my voice. And could you talk to that entrepreneur? Could you talk to me and be like, dude, he can't do it. Like, could, like how do you tell somebody that without being a jerk? Like, how do you tell somebody that saying, yes, Daniel can come in and know your market, can know the pains, can structure the email well, can do the benefits, but he can't, he can't be your voice. Uh, and I think most entrepreneurs are like, that doesn't sound like me. How do you, how do you translate that to them? Look, I, I, I do want to say, I, I think you can do the voice to a degree. And there were many things that I, I could do for Scott. And it was like 80% right. Um, and the, the voice would sound like him. The stories would sound like his, but he'd just be like, I just wouldn't say this bit. Or I, w- I want to say this. And sometimes he'd rewrite it entirely. You just, <laughs> you just have to understand that. Uh, and I say to copywriters, tell your client, this is a benefit for them. Tell your client that they get to come in and sprinkle their magic on it, that they are the only one in the world who has that magic. And, you know, it's just sort of me talking to a copywriter. I'm like, buddy your client up, tell them that they're amazing and that their voice is one of a kind and so on. But, but it it is, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. There is that, there is that truth to it. You need to understand that you are the only one in the world with your voice, your views, your talents and so on. And rather than complaining about that, you've just got to embrace it. Say, I've got this asset. I've got an asset that can't be outsourced. I could complain about that. Or I could say, hey, that's pretty freaking cool. I got an asset, an asset that can never, ever be done by anyone else. How can I leverage that instead? And I think if you switch it that way, it is frustrating in a way, but it's also liberating. Yeah, awesome. Hey, um, uh, where can where can people find more of you? How can they how can they how can they jump through the the hoops of fire to get you in their inbox every single day? Yeah, I mean, I, it's 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 not that hard. You don't have to do that much. You just go to persuasivepage.com and there's an opt-in box right at the top. So I, I do make it easy for some people. You know, I mean, there's one at the top, and then there's like tons of copy before you get to the next one. So it's like that's me differentiating between people who are really interested. They can go down and look for the second one. And it's interesting to me to watch the, the distribution. I can tell like who's, who's a deep reader and who's a shallow reader. But yeah, you can opt in at persuasivepage.com and follow, follow the prompts after that and uh, go on the wild journey. It's been, you know, it's been a cool journey getting to get your stuff every day, watch your, watch your success, buy your stuff, which is way cool, and uh, uh, watch you debunking people and uh, going, through the, going, going through different kind of um, – critiques and things like that it, it, it really has a is a you know breath of fresh air and i, I enjoy it very much i uh, can't thank you enough for being on and, and sharing your stuff man really appreciate it thanks so much for having me sharon it's been amazing hey sharon i have a cool gift for you i took some of my best ideas from the last 20 years and created a five-day mba it's quick and action-packed that you can listen to on the go, just like this podcast. And I want to give it to you for free, just as a thank you for listening to the show. No fluff, no gimmicks, just pure actionable ideas for you to use instantly. You can grab it right now at businessschoolshow.com. That's businessschoolshow.com.